Hey guys, this is Joe again from Straight Bassin Podcast. Just got done doing an interview that you're about to listen to of Vance, the owner of Line Cutters. Awesome guy. We had an awesome interview. Um, this weekend they're going to be at the Texas Hunters Extravaganza at the Freeman Coliseum. Go check them out Saturday and Sunday. I think doors open at 10 a.m. if I'm not mistaken. But go there, check them out, tell them you listen to the podcast. They're a great group of guys there. Just stop by, say hi at least, tell them you listen, and uh, talk fishing with them, man. Awesome interview that we had again. So enough of me talking, and time to listen. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Straight Bassin' Podcast, a Texas fishing podcast for fresh and salt water. Today I'm happy to announce that we got special guest, Vance from Line Cutters, joining us today on the podcast. He's going to be talking about how everything got started with him from being small all the way up to now and the great things that he's doing. Hi Vance, how's it going today? Good, how are you? Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, I seen you guys at the booth down there at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in San Antonio. Uh, that was amazing that you guys had a booth down there and everybody was stopping by to say hi. You know, we always try and do the best we can to, uh, you know, show a big presence in Texas, and uh, we're just excited to, excited to continue to spread, spread the good word about line cutters. Definitely. I mean, your product is phenomenal, and believe it or not, um, the first time I, uh, I seen line cutters, it was on Shark Tank, like most of us, and uh, I just got off the water, and I, and I sat down on the couch, and I, I couldn't even, like, grip my hands because they were so torn up from all the braid and floral that I was tying on that day. As soon as it came on, I, told, I looked at the wife and I was like, you know what? I need to get me that. And sure enough, you know, a couple weeks later, I ended up buying one. I actually use it at work. Uh, I work in a warehouse. So I actually use it to cut shrink every once in a while when I don't have a, a blade on me. So that's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, in fact, that's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because you know, Shark Tank aired to seven to ten million people, and when when you know when you have that many that much brain power in a product, there's things that I never could have imagined or or never anticipated when I invented the ring, the line cutter thing, and and you know I I've gotten all these emails from uh, there's a lady that sent me an email that she cuts uh, she's a bagpipe player in Scotland. And she cuts her bagpipe string, which I didn't even know was a thing. Scuba divers in California, there's a scuba instructor that uses it because the ring won't cut air hoses. But if a scuba diver gets tangled up in fishing line on the reefs and wrecks, they can safely cut away. And, and uh, you know, a bow fisherman, like, it's, it's amazing how many different avenues there are that, that I never thought about. So it's cool that you just brought up using it at work received a few emails about that and uh it's 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 exciting yeah definitely it is so how did you uh how did you even start fishing well uh my my grandpa and grandma live on a lake in uh, on prairie lake in Pat, wisconsin and um i was i at four years old you know uh when they trusted me walking out on the dock with a life jacket on uh, started fishing off of a dock, catching bluegill, bunny, and crappie from the dock, and I'll, you know I'll never forget seeing my bobber go underwater 
and it's feeling this kind of mysterious force that you can't see pulling back. And th that was like flipping a switch. You know, I just, ever since then, fishing's been my life. And, uh, you know, I've been hooked ever since, and, and no pun intended, and just fish salt water, fresh water, uh, fish in amazing countries, and uh, it's, it's literally all I could think about. <laughs> that sounds like most of us, definitely. And then you just kind of kind of progressed, and then and it was off to the races from there. That's, that's so cool. And then, I mean, it's, you know, being a, being a small kid, like most of us, that's how I think a lot of us started out. You know, me, I was in California trout fishing, and then I kind of progressed from there with bass. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, I mean, fresh water is, is magical. You know, bass, smallmouth, largemouth, crappie, sunfish, uh, bullheads, catfish muskies northern pike you know freshwater is it, it's magical even ice fishing in wisconsin you know uh setting a chip up for those that that don't ice fish you know you can set this little rig up and then all of a sudden you see a flag pop up and you know there's a fish pulling on a spool of line and you see that spindle twisting and you run up you know so freshwater is is amazing and then and then you know if you ever get a chance to fish salt water it's like a whole nother world where you're catching tarpon and hermit, bonefish and sharks, mahi, tuna, and just the force and the size of the fish and just the complete chaos that happens when a school comes by. You know, it's just it's just intoxicating. It's it's so exciting. And uh, you know, I'm sure you can agree. You know, living in Texas, being close to the beach. You know, just it, it's it's like a fisherman's paradise. Being able to fish both fresh and salt is it's it's just a, an unbelievable opportunity. Oh, definitely it is. I mean, my my passion is bass. I do uh, I do dabble in you know fr in uh, salt water. Um, we just got back from doing a trip down in Grand Isle, and that was amazing. Um, wow! Oh, did you catch any tuna? Yeah, we caught a we caught a hundred thirty pound yellowtail or yellow yellowfin wow. tuna. Oh, dude, wow. uh, it took me and my buddy Matt three and a half hours to get on the boat. Oh, my three, God. Three and a half hours, dude, and we were, Matt Matt got on the rod first, and uh, he was on there probably about 30 minutes, and they're like, do you want the harness? And, you know, he's never been in a harness, you know, so he doesn't he doesn't know. I didn't know either, because that was the first time I ever been in a harness. And he's like, no, it's, it's going to be fine, I'll be okay. And about 30 minutes in, he was like, damn, I should have got the harness on, you know. So uh, we we uh, we uh, we switched off back and forth uh, throughout the fight, and uh, I mean I caught I caught albacore, so it's kind of like part of the tuna family when I was in California, and uh, so I was like, you know what, this is your first tuna, I don't want to take it from you. I'll let you finish out the fight, and uh, just to watch him bring it in, man, it was great. And then the sharing the experience, dude, that was that was one of the top top fishes we got out there i mean we caught a red snapper too and we caught mangrove and uh huge bull reds and a crap load of speckled trout but it, it was an awesome time just to go offshore so let me ask you a question did the captain make you take a bite out of the bleeding heart 
he, he unfortunately he didn't let Matt do it. I already did it, so I mean it was kind of like I already got my taste of the tuna heart. But I try to get try to get him to do it to Matt, and he he just kind of brushed it off to the side, which was unfortunate because I wanted to see that happen myself. Yep. So the first tuna I caught, I was with some of my really good friends, and I had never heard of that ritual, you know, like that for. I mean, I'm a little bit older, so I don't know if many many of your listeners remember a movie called Red Dawn, but you know, they they take a bite out of the first tuna heart, you know, and um, you know, so that's the the only thing I've ever heard of, like taking a bite out of a heart, and so all of a sudden, you know, we pull in our first yellowfin in Venice, Louisiana, and uh, with us as, as well, like three of us to bring it in, you know, you're rolling back, roasted, your calves start burning, just pulling up. Cramping up, you know, and oh, yeah, this thing get out in Jamie's house with the fish on. We finally got it in, and the captain's like, All right, it's it's all you caught, you know, this is your first thing, you got to take a bite out of the heart. And he literally cuts it out and pulls it out, and it's still beating in my buddy's hand. <laughs> and I'm like, This is a joke, like, this is like a action scenario, like, punk type of thing. And he's like, you know, like these guys take it seriously, like you know the tuna gods. <laughs> right, exactly. We're passing the cart around, and you know, I was like, "Oh my god, that's crazy! That is super crazy." What uh, what guide service did you go with out out of Venice? Uh, I think it's called I think it's Voodoo Charter. Oh, Voodoo Charters, yeah, they're great. They are awesome charter out of Venice. Yeah, it was just a great experience. You know, it's just amazing how. So we fished the Florida Keys, and you have to go so far out to get the blue water. And there, you know, I mean, you know this. Uh, it, it takes, like, literally no time. Granted, they've got these amazing boats right. um, that can get you there quick. But, you know, to fish those rigs, uh, you know, it's just not that far of a drive. And uh, next thing you know, you know, you're fishing out bait, and, and then you hook up to a yellowfin, and, and you're you're in blue water in no time so you know I, 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 at the time I didn't realize Venice was one of the, the best fisheries in the country and actually on the planet yeah definitely it is I mean we uh, we opted to go to Grand Isle uh, we, we heard that it was a little bit too packed in Venice so we opted to stay in Grand Isle and I mean we actually seen well I think it was Mexican Gulf we seen out there at one of the rigs and uh they were out there, and within, like, I don't know, 30 minutes we were out there, we were hooked up, and then that was when the fight of our life happened. But it, you're right. I mean, that just to get out to the water wasn't that long. It was maybe, uh, I think we went out, like, 70, 70 miles, if that, and we were already on a tuna, you know. So it was, it was a pretty great experience. I mean, coming from California, it would take almost, you know, 45 minutes to an hour going slow just to get to Catalina Island out there. So just to be there that quick on water was great. Yeah, and I think Venice is even closer. Like it I mean it took us no time. So yeah, if anybody any of your listeners that are listening that want to do some tuna fishing, um, I can tell you this. There's not you know, I eat a lot of sushi and I've never had tuna taste that good. Like honestly I didn't believe in you know like fresh tuna tasting better than sushi quality tuna. Oh yeah. But man, you know, you, you can sear it and sesame seeds are 
crushed tattoos, just literally a light couple second hand shear and cut it up with some concrete sauce. And man, that it's it's life changing. It, it, I couldn't believe how good it tasted. Oh yeah, we were we were doing the same thing when we got back to the dock. Like as we were like filleting it, we were just cutting pieces off and throwing it in our mouth, <laughs> like right out because it was so yeah, good, dude. So awesome. <laughs> and even with a snapper too, we were doing the same thing. I was like, dude, this is. You know, you never really get that experience. I've only had it a couple of times, and that being one of them was awesome. That's so cool. So what what transitioned you, or what made you start line cutters? Well, you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, I started fishing at four and, you know, started freshwater. And, I, you know, even, even at, at six and eight years old, you know, I started going to spinning rod after a Zepco 404, uh, transition to the spinning rod, and, you, you know, your, your fishing skills start to get better when you fish all the time, and, you know, and then and then later in life, I started fishing saltwater, and, uh, you know, it, just the common thread with all, all those years of fishing was battling fishing lines. Like, I remember using fingernail clippers, and they would rust out, and the ends would get all crusty. And then sometimes I would use a bait knife, you know, this big, long bait knife, and I'd have to try and put my tag line on the dock and try and cut the tag line through the wood, which would dull my knife. And then I remember one year for Christmas, I got this nice pocket knife, and it ended up falling into the water. Um, and then in high school, I kicked my tooth biting 20-pound polo. <laughs> and then uh, that, was a, that was a, you know, they had to fix my tooth, and then... A year later, I took the same exact spot. You know, you have that magic spot on your tooth. Right. And then I took my tooth again. And then uh, and then around 30 years old, I was fishing in Sandusky, Florida. Caught a black tip shark, small three-and-a-half-footer. And it got tangled up in my 100-pound braid. And I ran up, you know, I was just wearing board shorts. So I ran up to my tackle box, which I had to put higher up on the beach because the tide changed. And when I ran up, I, 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 you know, I remember leaving my bait knife on top of my tackle box, but it had fallen off somehow or I dropped it. So when I ran up to grab my bait knife in a pure panic to try and get this shark caught and set free, I stepped on it and literally almost cut off my right pinky toe. Like it was severed and it was disgusting. Oh, wow. And, and, and at, yeah, at that point, I'm like, you know, there's got to be a better way to cut fishing lines. Like, I'm using fingernail clippers with barely open pocket knife, fillet knife, snippers that stop cutting braid, you know, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I just, I have to figure out something. So, uh, long, long story short, I ended up selling my house at a nice house in Arizona, making 150 grand a year for 10 years at a, at a client's job. And I just, you know, I love fishing. I thought of an idea of putting it on your finger, a, a cutter on your finger. Uh, thank God my wife agreed to go all in and, and sell everything. And um, we used the money we sold from all our stuff to pay for, you know, uh, the patents and the tooling and all that stuff. And uh, next thing you know, we got uh, 5,000 units in and they sold out almost immediately. And then I uh, needed more capital. So I applied for TV show called Shark Tank and um, got lucky and they ended up airing our episode and uh, ever since then it's just been like 
hang on. <laughs> right, right. And when I was watching, I was like, if the if the sharks don't take a deal, like they're stupid, because like everybody needs this. <laughs> like I'm, because I fished for a long time, and I and I go through the same struggles, you know, using snippers, using knives, you, you know, fingernail clippers dull out. I mean, they won't even cut braid, most of them. And you know, I was like, if that if that says what it says it does, he's he's gonna be a millionaire, like gold. And then when they were going back and forth, I was like, just give them the deal. Trust me, you guys are going to make money. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that was my own opinion. So, I mean, it, it's great that it started out small and it just grew for you, man. I mean, that's definitely the, you know, the American dream. Yeah, and, and that's a big reason why, you know, like, so we have – like three core areas that we try and give back to. One's breast cancer awareness. My grandma had breast cancer. Um, number two is giving back to our youth. Um, I have two young daughters, and they love fishing. And, you know, a lot of kids are, you know, they're, they're inside. Parents are busy. They're worried about bills, and they don't give, you know, kids as much attention and, and, and don't have as much time to take them camping and outdoors. So for us, you know, giving back to try and promote kids fishing like we're we're sponsoring a neighborhood fishing event this weekend and uh you know we're we got trophies we're giving all the kids brand new zebco 404 reels and all that and then the third uh part of that equation is veterans you know the men and women uh, especially those that are suffering from ptsd that you know have risked their lives and for literally the last hundred or so years you know, to where I could literally just quit my job, start a website, and chase a dream. You know, I, I just feel so fortunate and so lucky to be able to chase a dream that, uh, you know, we, we've worked really hard. You know, we're not a, a, a billion-dollar company or a hundred-million-dollar company, but, you know, it's still in our our main focus is to give back to the veterans who have given us this opportunity you know it's just amazing how fortunate we are and, and that's why we you know try and get back as much as we can definitely i mean when i was there today at the at the convention center i went up to every booth that did something with vets and i told them like because that that convention is more of a hunter based convention you know and expo yeah and i went to every one of those booths that i seen and i said look if you ever want to take a vet fishing Call me up. Here's my personal phone number. I mean, I can't, I can't fit that many guys on a boat, but I have buddies that have boats, and we'll be happy to take any vet that wants to go fishing. And they don't even have to be in our area. And that's what I want to do just out of, out of my small thing that I have going for myself. Like, even though it might break the bank for me, I'm still going to take these guys out, and they're not going to pay for anything. And that's what I want to keep true to my thing that I have going with Straight Bassing Podcast. Yeah, man, and I, I commend you for that, and I commend all the other individuals out there who don't take our freedom for granted. You know, like, you know, you hear so much negativity on the news and all that, and, you know, it, it's just like we're, we're so lucky, and there's so many people that have shed so much blood and leave their families and kiss them goodbye and jump in the plane and they're gone for months, you know, and, and for us to, you know, for me to start a start a business you know in the fishing industry and to be able to talk to you tonight and 
you're a fellow entrepreneur that started an awesome podcast and you know like it's just it's just such an unbelievable opportunity and so many of us take it for granted yeah definitely we do and i, and I think it's so great i mean there's so many companies out there that are giving back um i did a i did a podcast the other day with uh, chad from hookup baits he's out of california and he's doing the same thing hooks for heroes out there and with the wounded warrior project too and that's so awesome and he's well well as uh taking kids fishing and he does a tournament series that he pays for most of the entries for the for the kids to fish off the bank and that's great too and i personally in my own opinion i think the fishing industry is great with giving back to kids and giving back to people that can't get on boats or you know vets that you know need to go out and just enjoy time away to you know relax especially coming back from there i, I have fam- friends and family that come back and they need to get away and they need an outlet and I think fishing or hunting or anything outdoors is a great outlet for them to get out and do yeah I mean it's it's just science it's clinically proven you know my brother-in-law was a Navy second airborne at Desert Storm and you know these these men and women you know they they're exposed to so much chaos and 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 also what's interesting is there's such a camaraderie they have this such a close amazingly tight family that you know when they come back you know granted they're you know a lot of times they're you know they're they go back to a lot of them go back to their families but it's just different it's this empty feeling the anxiety is out of control they have trouble sleeping uh those that have experienced firsthand combat you know just the you know the flashbacks it's just it's so sad you know 22 people a day um take their lives and and you know most of us just have no idea that's going on so that's why it's so important for us to try and get back try and talk about you know 22 lives a day um and and just you know try just try and shine a flashlight on on this huge epidemic you know and you know not to sound down or anything you know it's there's a lot of amazing organizations and like the, the gentleman that you, you just mentioned that are that are doing their, their part to to try and help out and we're just we're just proud to you know to, to be one of those companies that feel like it's it's a necessity and it's it's ingrained in our blood to, to give back. Yeah, definitely. I mean you're not getting down at all. I think personally I think it needs to be talked about more and some people don't shed light enough on it it's good that you do i mean because without that without you know men and women fighting for our freedom we wouldn't even be doing this like you said yeah so that i mean that's awesome and especially i mean in general like everything we do with other other companies too i mean it's awesome that you know we have what we have going on yep i agree so do you have any uh do you have any funny stories about a boat or anything like that when you're on the water? I'm sure you got a boat that you fish on. So, any rookie mistakes? Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, probably one of the, the funniest stories was when I was in high school. Um, my my dad's best friend named Jerry let us borrow his his brand new bass boat, and this thing was sick. It was a Ranger. Uh, I think it, it had like a 200 or 225 on it, and uh, we were in Wisconsin, 
and you know my dad's like oh i don't think you should borrow it and my my buddy's dad was just like oh your son loves to fish you know i think i was 16 or 17 you know i i love his passion you know he'll he'll be careful he's a responsible kid and all that so this guy talked my dad into letting me take his boat so we go to this lake um and it was a great crappie and panfish lake and they had some monster bass and i was so excited so we took his truck and, and boat dropped the boat in and uh went to our first fishing spot through the anchor caught some nice crappie the bite slowed down and then we went to our next spot and so i'm driving his boat and we get on a plane and all of a sudden we feel like this monster like jerk like it's it shook everybody in the boat. So I had three, three guys, two other buddies in the boat. And so we immediately, I put it, you know, dropped it in neutral. And we're like, what the heck was that? <laughs> we trimmed the boat up, checked the props, no damage on the props. And we're like, uh, maybe it was a log, maybe we got lucky. So we started going again. And then all of a sudden it did it again. And so we stopped again. We're like, what in the heck is going on? Like, what are the odds of hitting two stumps right. that didn't damage the prop? You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So then, so then we're just sitting there talking about it, checking the boat out, and we're just nervous. You know, it's just expensive boat. So then I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's just one of those freak things. So I go again, and this time, like my head is kind of swiveling around, and I see our front anchor fly out of the water. And when it caught again, it was one of those mushroom anchors. Oh. <laughs> when it when it hit the water, it jerked the boat again. And I'm like, holy shit, we <laughs> left the front anchor out. <laughs> so when the boat got on plane, the anchor would get enough force to where it would fly out of the water. And then when it caught the water, it was like a parachute, and it would jerk the boat. and oh. almost ripped the seat. But yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Can't believe you did it. I'm like, if you guys tell Jerry, you're dead. <laughs> wow, that is crazy. That's funny. I mean, I, I got a funny one, too. Uh, a while back, it was in the wintertime. Uh, I, I used to fish this lake, and it was in a river, so it had a lot of current to it. And uh, it was up in New Braunfels. And uh, I launched the boat. I used the motor as an anchor, kind of like a power pole. I just put, put it on the, on the bank. And like I did... <laughs> thousand times before you know go yeah. park the truck start walking back and it's like i don't know like 45 degrees 50 maybe and uh i see my boat start drifting away no oh yeah oh yeah so thankfully the current where it was i kind of got trapped in an eddy and it pushed it and it shot out towards the bank but it was still like it was it was close but it wasn't close enough to where i can just jump on the bow so i had to go swimming and uh, oh it, it was super cold and i was and i was in shock but i was like i you know i can't i can't let my boat just sit there and float away and uh jump on the side of the boat and i jumped on my passenger side but i had all my rods on the passenger side so i sure enough I, and i had the big bait on too so i i had freaking huge trebles all stuck in my pants um, oh, my God. oh yeah and thankfully i already had my uh, my rain gear that keeps us pretty warm that keeps me pretty warm in the boat already so i had to strip down and <laughs> i put that on real quick 
and I, I fished like that for uh, all day, and, and it just sucked, but I got through it, and I caught, I caught a shitload of fish, which is good, so that, that was a funny story that I, I don't even think I told anybody until now, but. Oh, my yeah. gosh, that <laughs> is epic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, the highlight of the day for sure, and there was, and I remember that there was a young guy fishing off the bank, and he was just laughing his ass off, and I couldn't be mad at him because if I was him, I'd be doing the same thing, you know. So the so the golden question is, did you catch any fish? Oh yeah, I put I don't know probably at least twenty twenty five fish in the boat that day, which is decent for that lake. There you go. That's what, that's what matters, you know. It's like what what fishermen and women will do. You know, it's just it's just to be able to fish. Oh yeah. You know, like you go all that way, and uh, are you gonna go home, or are you gonna just suck it up and just make it work? You know, it's it, that's awesome. What a great story. Oh yeah, that that was that's pretty one of my funniest stories. I mean, I can go on for hours, like going to the lake and seeing like it's just you know white capped, and then you launch anyways. I I did that plenty of times, and some of those times I regret it, but. At the end of the day, it would be flat calm, and I'd be catching fish still. So it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, do you like fishing off the kayak more? Uh, you know, I, I get asked that a lot uh, because we we post a lot of you know we have a pretty awesome social media following uh, of line cutters on Instagram and Facebook, and you know we do a ton of kayak fishing. We go two miles offshore. We fish rivers in Austin, like the Colorado River, and then we travel when we do stakers. We travel with our kayaks, so we get to fish like the Keys and uh, for Steelhead up in Portland, you know. So yeah, kayak fishing is absolutely amazing. Uh, there's so many amazing things about it. You know, it's one of the fastest growing segments in the fishing industry. But at the same time, you know, going offshore like you just described and catching a tuna and and that stuff it, it's just you can't unless you do it you can't explain what it's like being on a you know a big 40 plus foot you know offshore boat or a 30 something foot you know center console um and chasing birds chasing frigate birds and you know um so in bass fishing you know being in a a water rocket like a skier or a ranger right and hauling ass and and you know, or a flat boat in Texas where you're fishing for redfish, speckled trout, and flounder, you know, it, it just, and, and then even the dock fishing to this day, I still love bluegill and, and sunfish and crappie fishing. You know, it's still one of my favorites. So you, I just can't say like kayak fishing or boat fishing. It's just fishing's fishing, and, and each, each way you fish is just, it's even bank fishing is just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. And it, it's good to see, uh, I seen that you took your girls on your Instagram story, you took your girls out fishing. And that's, I think that needs to happen more with kids getting, you know, having their parents taking them fishing. And it's great that you, you know, you showed that because there's not a lot of people that will show, you know, family stuff like that. And it's good to see, you know, I even do it with my son. Yeah, you know, that's the thing, you know, it's, it, if you get them fishing young, they may not show interest, and they may be bored or whatever, but, you know, if they if they catch that first fish, you know, based on just, just research, the, the odds of them getting into the fishing industry or being hooked on fishing is, it's like 80%, you know, 
so it's so important to, to get good fishing young and early and the odds of that sticking are, are just massive you know versus introducing uh, high school to fishing which is still important but just the odds of them really for it turning into a passion it's it's not the, the odds aren't quite as high so yeah it just getting kids fishing is so important definitely definitely so are you going to be doing like any uh any big sponsorships or like mlf or bassmaster elites or anything like that well you know we sponsored uh ike live with mike Iconelli, which is really cool he had our zipper pull our new zipper pull on uh national geographic wild which is awesome uh we're sponsoring bill mcdonald which is cool and then uh what's really amazing is there's a lot of uh, pros that are using our products to help the king and Jarish are sponsored. Uh, and that, and that's really, I think, since I started Line Cutters, the most exciting part. Like, um, right now, uh, Ranger Boats, we're talking to Ranger. Uh, they order uh, our custom Ranger Peel and Stick flat mounts, so we print their logo on them. And they're going to be selling them on their website. Uh, Triton Boats is going to be selling them on their website. Um, we've got a offshore boat that sell million-dollar yachts, and they're going to put our new ceramic blade flat mounts on their schooling stations where they have these built-in cabinets that have all their leader material for, like, trail fishing, and you just strip off, like, three to four feet of, of fluorocarbon, and then our peel and stick cutter is right there inside the cabinet, so you know, when you grab snip, snippers or scissors or anything. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of exciting stuff, and what's what's exciting is it's you know yeah we sponsor uh, professionals. It's it's starting to turn into a deal where it's kind of the product is speaking for itself, where it's not so much that we're paying to promote it; it's right. just happening organically, and that's that's what's so exciting. Yeah, especially I mean I I got I actually picked up one of those slap mounts today, and uh, your brother. He actually showed, he had one of his rods there, and uh, he, you know, he showed me how he placed it just right on the bottom of his of his reel, of the reel seat, where his uh, reel went into the rod, and he used it like an extra grip, and you can just, you know, get line down there and then cut it real quick. You don't have to, like, fumble around for it, and he just mounted that right to that. Um, I actually got a couple. I'm going to put them on my boat, too, because that was a great idea. I didn't even think about something like that just mounting it flat mounted well yeah it's just you know like for the pros you know the bass boats or even like for professional guys you know when that when that cutter is is obviously you don't want to mount it where you're fit fighting a fish because it'll cut a hundred pound braid without you even feeling it mm-hmm. you know that that's what's crazy but when you mount it like for, for professional bass anglers to be able to literally tie on a bait you know they, they usually have all their baits like rock rocking and rolling like ready to go so they don't tie off too many times but when they do need to or if they break off or snag the bottom they gotta retie to literally be able to without ever picking up a fishing line cutter you don't have to pick up a knife you don't have snippers hanging on your neck to literally be able to tie on your bait and reach over right to your console in seconds where you're already spinning and cut a tagline off like it, i mean it's a game changer and for professional guys that have clients on their boat you know to reduce liability by not running over with a knife to cut tangled line or whatever it's just 
you know, it's just one of those things where it seems so in, insignificant. But once you once you get it on your boat and you realize how fast safe and convenient it is, like it, it literally is a game changer. Yeah, and I can imagine too. I mean, if us normal guys that don't have you know thirty rods, I mean, we try to save time as much as possible. And you know, with fumbling with stuff like that, like I'm always constantly asking my backseater, like, "Hey, do you got pliers?" You got snips, you know, because I'll, I'll put mine down, but then it's like not nowhere near where I need it at. It's, you know, yep. on the console. It's in my cup holder that's like at, towards the back of the boat, you know, and uh, definitely it's a game changer. And, and once I got my my line cutter ring, I mean, it was it was off to the races from there and I don't even have to worry about those issues anymore. Yeah, and, you know, and for me, you know, I invented it for fishing you know i didn't want to have a pocket knife in my in my board short pockets and have it rusting out i don't want anything hanging on my neck getting a tan line on my neck and you know so for me the 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 ring was really originally designed for surf fishing but now you know like you like you mentioned you know people are putting them around their rod handles they're putting them around their kayak seats you know jackson kayak for two years shipped our line cutters ring on their kayak seat post uh, from the factory, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, there's kids mounting it to their tennis shoes, uh, or their snapback hats. They're putting a ring around their, their snapback. Uh, they wear their hat backwards and cut their tagline right on the, the front of their hat without even looking at it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where once, once you see how it cuts braid and you figure out what works for you, uh, it, it literally is hard to fish without it because it just it just like it becomes something that you don't think about you know you're, you're not fighting fishing line you're not looking oh shit where do i put my fingernail clippers you know or my my knife it just it just becomes one of those things where it's just habit you don't even think about it yeah i mean and he demonstrated today he showed me uh when i was in the booth like i think i forgot like what pound test i think it was like a hundred pound or like 200 pound test it was like a thick orange braided line and i mean he went right through that no problem and that line was thick i mean so with just a little effort like that i mean you can cut whatever you want and i usually cut it for like 65 pound braid that's like the highest i i throw and it goes right through it no problem yeah that's what i use on my frogging rods or when i'm punching through grass mats you know, I use 65-pound braid, and then I throw on a fluorocarbon leader. Mm-hmm. And that braid, you know, I mean, that stuff is nasty stuff. And, you know, when you get the hang of it, you can cut your, like I tie a double uni knot. Uh, you, you, you know, when you get the hang of it, you can slide the knot right inside the ring slot to where you can cut your tagline right on the knot. So, you know, again, it's just, it takes, you know, it takes a little bit getting used to, but once you get used to it, it's, it's just, it just becomes part of your routine without ever, ever thinking about it. Yeah. And you came out with a new product too. I, I mean, I know you got the fish grips and the hats and the, the rod sleeves. I actually got a rod sleeve too today. Cause I needed one. I, I asked him, I was like, you got an eight foot rod. Cause uh, I'm from California and I throw, like to throw big swim baits. So most of my rods are like eight foots. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I came from that California big bait craze. So, I try to transition it out to here, but uh, thankfully he had a he had a rod sleeve that, that fit my rod, so I'm repping the line cutters, uh, rod sleeve when I go out there now. But uh, 
And you actually have a new product out too. <laughs> yeah, you actually have a new product out too uh, with the rod, like uh, and uh, the hook keeper, to where you know you could pull and cinch down a hook, like easy. Yep, so, you know? yep, so our, our newest product is, is a, a line cutter that attaches to your zipper on jackets and tackle bags, and we sold ten thousand units in four weeks. Uh, it's kind of scary because we we're missing a lot of that's that's our newest product and then uh, the the hook holder ring that you're talking about is it's uh, more of a kind of a, a guide type product a professional kind of big game product where you know when you're trying to cinch down we do a lot of carbon cinching on the trees mm-hmm. and when you're trying to cinch down a hundred pound mono or a hundred pound fluorocarbon those knots are really hard to to get the knot to cinch on itself. You know, you see, you know, a lot of people will put the hook around a boat cleat or they'll use like fire handles or something and you know, you gotta try and hold on to something to cinch that knot down tight before you cut the tag line. So uh, we, we came up with a product that it's a, an aluminum ring that has a slot at the top of it. And then you, you put your hook in that slot and then you pull your knot tight. And it's, it's awesome for you know, if you're making catfish rigs, alligator gar rigs, sailfish or marlin rigs, you know, it just goes fast. But again, you know, if you're ripping out 25 leaders, you just, you're just sitting at your station just pulling knots and cutting tag lines. Like, it's, again, it's one of those things where it's safe, it's fast, and it's convenient. Yeah, definitely. And that's, those are some great products. I mean, you're coming out with new stuff all the time. And being an innovator and being an entrepreneur with it and just keep growing with different products. And that's so awesome to, to have and to do. And I'm great that I get to showcase this amazing fishing product that we have in the industry now. I mean, it's awesome to do this and help, you know, even though I'm a smaller, smaller company right now, like it's great to help someone promote their product. Definitely. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, even the biggest companies in the world like Amazon, Apple, IBM, uh, you know, Microsoft, they see all the products are small. And, you know, we have, I mean, I have no idea how big we're going to get, but, you know, the, the key is, we're, you know, just like you, you got to start somewhere. And if you don't have a dream about, you know, doing great things and just chasing your dream, you know, life's short, you got one shot on earth, uh, one life, one chance. You know, I got a tattoo on my back that says Carpathian live every day like it's your last. You know, it's just like, we got one shot and you just got to go for it. And just let you, you know, with, I, I'm honored to be on your show. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to be talking to a fellow Texan and, uh, you know, just what, what you're doing is amazing and you never know how big it's going to get. You just never know. Just, just chase your dream and don't worry about what people think or if they, they think you're crazy because you want to invent a ring that cuts fishing lines and walk away from your job right. and sell your house with two, two young daughters and a wife, you know. Right. It's just like, you, you just you just never know. Just go for it and, and then there's no regrets. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what you did and, you know, you ended up great. <laughs> so... But how can uh, how can people get a hold of you and get a hold of your product? 
also, uh, we have a website. Our website is blindpottery.com. www.blindpottery.com. Uh, we're on nine countries on Amazon. I know you have some international followers. Cool. So we're, uh, you know, any of, any of your international listeners can check their, their local country Amazon store. Um, so that's great. And then uh, we do a lot of trade shows across the country, literally from Rhode Island to California. So if you're we're in your local city, we're, we're all about handshakes. And I still work my tail off in these trade shows because I love talking to our customers and hearing history stories. And then uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. And a lot of those uh, platforms have uh, links to, to purchase our products. So, um, you know, you, if you just Google search line cutters, you can find us. And, and uh, if, if anybody does decide to purchase our product, um, our, our big thing is, you know, we're not just out there to make a quick buck. We're out to build relationships and support our customers, even if it's like a year and a half down the road and you have an issue with our product, literally send us an Instagram direct message or Facebook or call us and we'll do whatever it takes to make you happy. You know, our, our, that's our thing is just taking care of people. Awesome. That's great Texas company right there. That's for sure. That's what Texas is all about. That's right. Oh, hey, Vance, we're going to wrap it up. It's been a great show. Uh, I know you're on a little time constraint, you know, and don't want to take any more of your time. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate what you're doing for the industry and coming out with a great product so I don't have to get my hands all messed up and braided anymore. <laughs> but uh, thank you again. I can't thank you enough. Um, guys, if you need to go right now, go to linecutters.com. Get yourself a ring. Either that or go to the trade show. It's going to be a, well, it's already in it for Friday, but it's going to be Saturday and Sunday at the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio. Uh, go there, pick up your ring. I know the next one's going to be, I think, in Houston or Fort Worth. I'm not too sure. So Yeah, it's, uh, we just wrapped up Dallas. Uh, so our next one, I believe, is in Alabama at the NBS show. And then uh, – kicking off in january that's when we really hit the the trade show circuit so we'll be we have three teams going coast to coast so uh you know we should we'll be hitting most of the major cities and uh again we just we love meeting people so even if you don't purchase something from us come by stop by our booth tell us an awesome story like you shared tonight about having to jump in 45 degree water <laughs> which is epic you know we we love we love hearing amazing stories and we love meeting people, and, and that's what we're, at the end of the day, that's what we're about. So um, just to wrap it up, I can't thank you enough for having me on your show. I'm honored to be talking to you tonight, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, uh, we're, we're 100% behind you and everything you got going on as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Vance. I appreciate that, man. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned to the next podcast. Uh, we're going to get a couple of uh, local anglers on, and then we're going to get a uh, – Hopefully Bo from uh, Keep Awesome Fishing on too and see what we can do with him and that'll be an awesome podcast. So stay tuned, guys. Thank you for listening.